live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Very good rundown just a moment ago from Christine Lisi on the ESPN Sports Center update of the NFL trades of the day. The two we had focused in on in hour one of the sports huddle Chase Young to San Francisco for a third round pick, Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second round pick. I would say Chase Young got the best end of that deal going to San Francisco, a team that will turn it around. Their defense is good, he makes it better. As long as he stays healthy, he will help them. They have lost three in a row, but they've just bolstered that defensive line, and they will still be a team to be reckoned with in the NFC. The Bears, not so much. Montez Sweat going there to Chicago, a team that beat the Commanders earlier this year, but a team that is just two and six. So those were the headline trades as far as we were concerned around the NFL, and it's something we talked about yesterday and figured something was coming, that one or the other was bound to be gone, um, and that, you know, Allen and Payne, who had signed contracts, bigger contracts, were going to be the, the the anchors of that defensive line that hasn't been all that great anyway, and that Sweat and Young, one or the other or both, were likely to be dealt, and as it turns out, It was both. There were several other deals in the NFL. I think a lot of us were watching what the Vikings were going to do in the absence now of Kirk Cousins, who's lost for the season with the Achilles tendon injury. They went after Josh Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Got him and a seventh-round pick next year for a sixth-round pick next year. It's a conditional pick, which can become a sixth-round selection depending on how much time Dobbs winds up playing, and you would think he's going he's gonna to play some um, for, for Minnesota because they were missing their backup quarterback as well. They were down to their third string, and now uh, Josh Dobbs. Uh, so they were definitely in the market, and they had to do something in a hurry because the Cousins' injury happened Sunday and the trade deadline was today. So that put some pressure on them because you know actually they're they're not out of this thing as bad a start as the vikings had um well one guy that didn't have a bad start was kirk cousins and he does that a lot i know that's the criticism of him is that he's got great numbers but never quite gets his team over the hump never gets them deep enough into the postseason and to the super bowl i i get that but he was having a, a great great year and they're, they're in this thing. I mean, the Lions won last night, and they look pretty impressive doing so. As a matter of fact, they got to 6-2 and two heading into their bye week. But, you know, the Vikings are coming back. They've won three in a row. They've gotten to 500. Now we'll see what happens with the quarterback position. Um, and Jefferson has been out as well. So they're still a very depleted football team. Uh, you would think they don't have to look behind them. The Packers have been terrible. The Bears worse in the north and it could come down to them and the lions and it's already a two-game lead for detroit in the nfc north so, i feel like with the exception of the cardinals and the panthers the entire nfc is wide open let's see with the exception of the car yeah the cardinals 
Panthers. I would probably put the Bears in there. I don't. I don't. Yeah, think, maybe them too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but my I don't point think. is, like, it, it's so anyone can do anything in this league. I think at this point or this conference, they could. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants even go on a little bit of a run here. I mean, I know they're two and six, and they haven't looked good doing it. But I don't know. They they found magic last year. Why not again at some point this year? I know they got a lot of injury problems, obviously, with uh, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor out at quarterback now. Uh, you know, it was just a brutal weekend for quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants leapfrog the Commanders. I think the Commanders are, you know, this year is just wasted at this point. They've, I don't want to keep, you know, beating a dead horse, which is what they are. Um, and as I talked about in the 4 o'clock hour, you know, this is the sign that new things are coming for the commanders. We're going to start all over again. You know, I was thinking about it. It was a busy couple of days for Josh Harris. I wonder if he, I wonder if he had to sign off on the Harden deal, or if he was too concerned about his beloved Washington Commanders to even worry about uh, what the Sixers were doing there in Philadelphia. But he is the owner there too, and should keep an eye on things in Philly, let alone on in Washington as well. So he had a, a busy day signing the paperwork, I guess, for both the Commanders and and the 76ers. All right, 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle, 804-327-0888. Halloween afternoon turning into evening again. Uh, be careful out there. Trick-and-treaters are out there already. Um, don't, you know, don't take your eye off the road on, on those little ones out there tonight. Let's stay safe. Let's go to the phones. Reggie on a Tuesday afternoon. Happy Halloween, Reggie. Yeah, it's definitely trick or treat when it comes to Bruce and his pronosticating. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> That's a hot one. They're gonna win the chip, Bruce. Please, I know it's been rough. I know you're having a hard time, but stop being delusional. You starting to talk like me, being a Wizard fan, and look how the Southerners came into Ugh. our house, pulled Ugh. our huggies down, and spanked us up and down the wall. And I got West Elmsville Junior coaching my team. What do you guys got to complain about? I mean, they go to the game with Wizards, and I'm hearing, let's go Knicks, let's go Celtics. And that's a home game. I mean, come on, man. What's, See, what's he got to cry about? It seems to happen all over D.C., Reggie. Come on. We, you go to FedEx <laughs> Field, and it's the, at least half for the other team. You go to a Nationals game, and depends on who they're playing. You're going to get fans from there. What's going on in D.C. there, Reg? Why not the Wizards? I mean, Ted Austin has the nerve to cry about, well, I'm sorry, I have not given the Wizards fans what we need. I guess so, you've been dealing with hockey. Yeah, you did get a standing cup. But still, his interest is in hockey, and now he, all he wants to cry and act like he's going to do so much for basketball. Man, like I said, Bernard King is not coming to that door no time soon. <laughs> Big, uh, West Armstrong and Big E's Evan Hayes in a championship, which, by the way, at the Baltimore Civic Center, I had the pleasure to be in that. Nice. Why you don't win that game back with Bobby Dandridge? Yeah, I'm 64 and proud of it. So, I so no the bullets, Jersey. Huh? popcorn. Yes, sir. The old bullets. West Sunset, God rest his soul. But his son got to go. The guy cannot coach. He cannot coach. Why? You're ready to. Why are the coaches out there? And we got him. You're Every ready to old. move on? God help me. Wow. Oh, yes. I'm bring Mark Jackson in. Come on, get him out the booth. He could do one this down for our young talent. We got a young bench. The guys are scrappy. They outscored the Celtics in the fourth quarter. Brought the game within 16 points. And next thing I know, they blew our doors off again. They Unbelievable. Did. They Unbelievable. Did. Oh, I'm, 
I'm feeling poorly, Bob. I'm, I'm letting you poorly. vent. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you vent, Reggie. I'm letting you vent. Hey, you know you're going to tune in on. Uh, you know you're going to tune in on Thursday, right? We got Coach Frazier, we got Coach Parker, we got VSU, we got VUU, we got Sean. <laughs> we got it all for the uh, for the Doug Wilder <laughs> Classic. <laughs> We are I'm all. Crying, Bob, I'm crying. We oh, are God. all over it for you, Reg. We are all over it. I got tears in my eyes, Bob. <laughs> oh, it's such a wonderful thing. HBCU talk. I got tears in my eyes. We, oh we, God. God we bless you. Please. God bless you. All right. <laughs> go, Reggie. Go. Enjoy the evening. Happy Halloween to you oh, and the treaters. God. This isn't trick or treat, now, is it? You're not trick or treat <laughs> no. me now. No. <laughs> We're giving you a treat Just on Thursday. Checking. All right. Thanks, Reg. Let's keep it rolling, uh, 804-327-0888. And just a quick reminder, I'm going to go back to the phones. Roger, you're coming here. Um, no show tomorrow. I actually have a Richmond basketball event uh, that I had previously committed to that I had forgotten about tomorrow afternoon and evening. So no show. Uh, tomorrow we're getting ready for the college hoop season that starts Monday night. Spiders home against VMI, 630 airtime, 7 o'clock here on 106.1 ESPN. We'll have the Thursday show with uh, Sean. And as we said, we'll really preview Virginia State, Virginia Union. And then just flat out taking a day off Friday, folks, with no Spider football Saturday. Going to make a little bit of a long weekend, recharge those batteries, get ready to go for hoops and the stretch drive for Spider football as well. All right, let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Roger, thanks for hanging there. You're up. How you doing? Great. How are you? All right. I was a little concerned about Reggie. He was a little emotional just now. Yes, he was. Yes, he yeah, was. Well, I'll give him a, I'll give him a call joy. later. Yeah. Make sure he's okay, but, would uh, you? I'm calling about the commanders. I'm, I tell you, I was really disappointed that we, first of all, I'm not giving up on the season. That's first. But for us not to make a move and trying to get an offensive lineman, even though I know they're very rare, because I think a lot of teams have offensive line problems. But to not try to get an offensive lineman, um, it was kind of disappointing. Um, I had a feeling Chase Young was going to go uh, because of some of the things that he said the last two years, you know, like when Washington changed their name, and then last year when he was going to play but wasn't going to play. And, you know, here we're trying to fight for a playoff spot. Um he, to me, he showed that he really wasn't committed to being a Washington commander football player. So, uh, but I was very surprised that Montez Sweat, you know, um, the, the, one of our strong points was our offensive line, defensive line, and now that's not even a strong point now. So, but yeah, that's kind of heartbreaking. <clears throat> what what you're left with is nine draft picks next year, and I give you all the props and respect in the world, Roger, for not giving up on this season, and fans shouldn't do that, but it's going to be tough sledding the rest of the way, and I hate to say this, but you're going to be in a restart all over again. But I got a question for you. Okay. The first game against the Eagles, when we went and um, <clears throat> scored a touchdown with no seconds left, Mm-hmm. I believe if Rivera would have went for two, and if we would have made it, it would have changed our whole season around. Agree. I really believe that. Agree. I really believe that. Yep. We'll never know so, what would have happened, but I do agree with what you're saying there. Roger, I, you have I, the right mindset, man. He does. I don't get it. So, I don't get it. 
Well, I've been a Redskins fan since Larry Brown and Sonny Jurgensen, so it doesn't pay to give up now. I mean, it's the trade deadline, right? Like, that's the thing. That's why they did it now, but it does feel a little early. Well, yeah, that is why they did it now. You, you, you trade Ron Rivera. <laughs> you know, no, that's the guy. That's coming. Rio. That's coming. Both of them well, are going. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely and plus, happening. I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You can win with a, a not-too-good-of-a-quarterback, but I'm going to tell you something. You watch the Jets. I think the Jets team is going to come together because I believe the defense know they're going to have to do extra to carry the offense. And I really, Mark, write this down. The Jets will make the playoffs this year. Wow. Yep. All right. That's a good take, Roger. Um, I would love to see that because that would be an underdog upstart uh, team that everybody gave up on after Aaron Rodgers went out, still finding a way to do it. Of course, their defense has been tremendous and could lead them along the way. Good take. Oh, yeah. Hang in there with your commanders there, Roger. All right, young man. You take care and have a good one. You got it. Thanks. He must, he must have been talking to you there, AJ. Either that or he has the wrong number. Young man. Sounds quite youthful and spry for someone yes. who loves Sonny Jurgensen. Yes. I think he was talking to you, though. Take care, young man. Had to be you, right? Or he had the wrong number. I don't know. Um, here we go. 5 o'clock hour, Halloween edition of the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. On 106.1 ESPN, which is what I would have should have said before AJ hit the button there. So that one, that one was on me. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, give James River Air a call. You get a free in-home consultation. Check them out online, jamesriverair.com. You shouldn't wait on that either. With the changing temperatures that we had from yesterday today, I'll bet their phones are ringing off the hook. Make sure everybody's heating system is working. As we dropped like 40 degrees from yesterday, I don't like the cold at all. It actually didn't feel quite as bad as I thought it was going to. The little bit I was outside today, maybe that's because all of the meteorologists were warning us about how cold it was going to be from 84 to 44, that kind of thing. Um, so I was maybe even expecting a little worse than we got. But anyway, give James River Air a call. Get your uh, heating and cooling system tuned up. JamesRiverAir.com. Bottom of the hour, Tim Thomas joins us from Tech Lunch Pail. We'll talk all things Hokies, primarily football, as they get set to go with a big one this weekend against Louisville. Hokies playing their best football of the season, as we've said over and over again. They got a path now to at least six wins, maybe more, and a bowl game in year two for Brent Pry. Uh, see if they can keep it going this weekend against Louisville. Last I checked, Cardinals were about a nine-point favorite in that game. We'll see what the Hokies can do about that. We'll also talk a little hoops with Tim and uh, this new ACC scheduling model that is out uh, now with, with 17 teams for football with the addition of the two West Coast schools, uh, Cal and Stanford and SMU beginning next year and some of the rivalries that have been protected and brought back. Uh, so all of that with Tim Thomas coming up at the bottom of the hour. Take a break, get to some of the texts that I hadn't gotten to perhaps or anything else that's on your mind this afternoon. We'll take you up until 6 o'clock. we got more baseball tonight, Halloween baseball, game four of the World Series, 7.30. Our coverage starts here on 106.1 ESPN. A little bit after 8, 
for first pitch. Rangers um, leading that series now with the D-backs two games to one after winning again on the road last night. Teams that win on the road win championships, and the Rangers seem poised at the moment, but don't count out those Arizona comebacks or those Diamondbacks or whatever they're called because they have found a way uh, in each of their series to come back and win. So uh, pivotal game four tonight in the World Series. Check it out, at least a little bit of it. While you're watching Maction, I know we got two Mac games uh, on ESPN tonight. College football on a Tuesday night. Not my favorite thing. It is Matt. Matt Joseph's got to be in heaven, right? AJ, I didn't hear much of his show today. But he's got Mac football and Halloween at the same time tonight. The only one more happier than him is Mr. Upton. (laughs) Why do you say that? Because he's married to Kate Upton. No, Matt's. Yeah, but, uh, yeah but he's Matt's not just playing. been running around singing in the. I, I don't know if he wants me to put this out on air. He's been singing Halloween songs all week. Wow. Well, you know, he mentioned how I know he said Halloween. I said Thanksgiving. Do you have a favorite holiday? Maybe that's a political. I'd like to have the philosophy question. of celebrating every day as if it's great. I don't celebrate oh. my birthday, but if you pigeonhole me into a holiday, it'll be between Halloween and St. Patty's. Really? I could see you a St. Patty's guy. Yeah, because it's just fun. See. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. It's for everyone. I like Halloween, too, but St. Patty's, everyone just lets loose. I, I could see you being a St. Patty's. I, w- I appreciate that one. Go with that one. Let's leave Halloween with Matt. And I'm taking Thanksgiving. I, I love Thanksgiving. Well, it's like Star Wars. Like, I like Star Wars, but then you look at Star Wars fans, and I'm like, oh, no, I guess I don't like it. It's the same thing with Halloween. I like Halloween, but, wow, people take it crazy. They do. I think especially in this town they do. Uh, like a lot of neighborhoods dress it up like it's Christmas. Good thing. It's not, it's not a bad thing. And I'm glad they do because that means we don't have all that Christmas stuff up before we even get to November, let alone Thanksgiving. Like the stores already have all the Christmas stuff out exactly. there. So I'm, I'm, glad you, I, I'm glad this town uh, embraces Halloween. I, I do. I like Thanksgiving. Uh, and as Matt said, he, he likes Halloween. I had one of the best St. Patrick's Day ever you know the ncaa tournament is going when st patrick's day hit and yes. richmond richmond one year was in milwaukee for st patrick's day and in case you hadn't heard they like their beer in milwaukee yeah. i don't know if you knew that or not i and do spe- that that's my favorite thing is when the ncaa tournament falls on that thursday oh yeah it was great st patty's days on that thursday it's happened i think twice in my lifetime love it it was great. It might have been on Wednesday and we played on Thursday, or it was on Thursday and we played on Friday. I don't know. It wasn't on game day. I would never do that on game day, AJ. Come on. But on the day before game day, I potentially would. So we were in Milwaukee. It was one of the best St. Patrick's days of all time. So that moved it up my list of favorite holidays. But still go with Thanksgiving as number one. Uh, we go to the break. 20 after 5, Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. Arizona versus Texas. The Fall Classic is here, and we have all the coverage here on your home for the World Series in the River City. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Dolores Garcia is out tonight for the Texas Rangers. I don't know if you caught that last night, if you were watching or saw the highlights, but he took a pretty healthy cut which he's been wont to do in these playoffs, normally with really good results, and um, immediately grabbed his side. Very similar to what Max Scherzer did after throwing a pitch, something in the water in the Texas Rangers dugout, I guess. Um, 
So Garcia is out for Texas tonight in game four, which is turning out to be a bullpen game for both teams. And that localizes um, the game tonight because Joe Maniply, Virginia Tech pitcher, Danville native, will get the start for Arizona. He did that in the Philadelphia series as well, just pitched the one inning. And I think that's what he'll be called upon to do tonight. So this is the new world of professional baseball, Major League Baseball, in so many ways. Uh, one of them will be with a bullpen game in the World Series, and I actually think both teams are headed in that direction tonight. Andrew Heaney will start for uh, Texas. Um, so he, he is more of a starting pitcher, but I think they will be quick to go to their bullpen tonight as well. And, of course, Texas has the upper hand with a two-games-to-one lead with Game 4 on Halloween tonight um in phoenix in arizona always call that game four a pivotal game uh and the d-backs would certainly need it to get that series even and they get one more home game out of it tomorrow and then the series winds up as needed in texas for game six and seven as we said the rangers have been great nine in a row on the road in the postseason is phenomenal for the texas rangers well speaking of virginia tech which i did just a moment ago about joe maniply starting tonight um for the for the arizona diamondbacks we're going to talk some more hokies talk some hokie football uh, a little bit of the new schedule that the ACC's come out with maybe a little bit of hokey hoops as well tim thomas tech lunch pail he's going to join us here as we get to the bottom of the hour as we get to 5 30 we'll talk some hokies get the break in here and tim joins us coming up on the other side of the bottom of the hour sports huddle 1061 espn tune in today we've got you covered you can find full replays of all our shows and interviews at espnrichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app About 25 of 6, as promised. Let's talk some hokey sports, primarily football, but we'll get into a little basketball perhaps with the season now less than a week away. And as I mentioned, the Hokies were in town this past weekend for that secret scrimmage with the Richmond Spiders. I did see a box score on that game, so we can certainly talk about that as well. But we'll certainly start on the football front. Tim Thomas, Tech Lunch Bale, joins us this afternoon. Been a while since we've caught up, so glad we have the opportunity to do so today. Tim, how are we doing? Bob, I am doing great. I hope you are also. Yeah, it's a, you know, I didn't. I thought we'd be talking a lot more basketball at this point, but it's been a rallying football out here. Well, there's my first question. Why, Tim? Why has this team won three out of four, and all of a sudden, if you're drinking the Kool-Aid here, you see a pretty good path to a bowl game and perhaps even more loftier goals than that? Yeah, uh, Bob, I have no idea. I, I wish I could pinpoint. <laughs> we'll try our best here, but... Uh, if you would have told me that, you know, we'd be going into November before the season or four games in especially, that Virginia Tech would be playing a high-stakes game for sec- outright second in the ACC, uh, I would have thought you had gone off the deep end, basically. Um, this is stunning, to say the least. Um, this team has figured it out. They have found an identity offensively. I think that's part of the story. The offense was the biggest issue, there's no doubt, compared to the defense. But... The offense found an identity, Bob, and they, they became a power football team despite not having a very good offensive line. I mean, it's it's one of those things. They you know they figured out, all right, how can we play with Kyron Jones? How can we ma- get the best out of him and what this offense can be? And 
You know, Drones, I think, is a better, to be clear, I think he's a pretty good passer. But there's so much he brings as well as a true dual-threat quarterback. And this is what Virginia Tech wants to be under Tyler Bowen. You look at the quarterbacks they've been recruiting, they're true dual-threat guys, and Drones is just that. And what he's been able to bring as a runner has been huge. They've been able to run a lot more misdirection. They have embraced, you know, a passing attack that at times looks a lot of short passes, a lot of screens and swings, perimeter runs as they call them. They're doing a great job of getting guys like Jalen Lane and Basial Tudin and Malachi Thomas in space however they can, um, getting them outside the tackles. You know, knowing that the offensive line, if they just want to be a between-the-tackle football team, it's not going to go well. But they can still be this power football team. Uh, they're using a lot of misdirection. You see the read options, the RPOs. And I think they've really done a great job of building out this offense around drones. They've found an identity. They're getting their playmakers in space. I mean, that's part of it. Tudin. And Thomas didn't just suddenly get good. Um, they didn't just suddenly wake up from slow starts. They were playing well for the, the hands they were given. It's just when you have three guys tackling, tackling you behind the line of scrimmage, there's only so many guys you can break tackles on. Mm-hmm. Now it's one guy, and they break that tackle to 10-yard gain. So it starts with the offense. The run defense have tightened up. You saw sides that they were close. But they just were giving up the home run play. But 85 90% of the time, they were playing really well. Well, they tied it up in a big way. Um, and some people say, yes, the week's schedule. And I think, I think you look at the, who they beat, yes. It being down, Wake being down, Syracuse being in a mess, you know, that helps a little. But this mm-hmm. Virginia Tech team is just whooping up. I mean, they've won all three of their past four of the three and one stretch. They have all three wins by 17-plus. They're legitimately playing some pretty decent football right now. And, you know, I think these teams are comparable to Purdue and Marshall. Um, even a Marshall that has Rasheen Ali, you know, obviously the Marshall that we're seeing right now is not the same without their star tailback. But, you know, I, I think this is a team that's legitimately playing pretty pretty decent football. It isn't like you look at Boston College, which has won four straight, but they're barely beating UConn and Army and UVA. And a UVA team before they've started to find something, it appears. So yeah. I think a lot to be encouraged by, and we got to – a huge game this weekend. I like your assessment of where the offense is and how it has progressed. So let me ask the same question about the defense. And I'll mention that team that was a mess, which is, of course, my alma mater also, and that Syracuse. Is this defense, is this tech defense as good as limiting a team to nine first downs and no rushing yards and 0 for 9 on third down conversions? I mean, that's a defense coordinator's dream stat sheet right there, Tim. Yeah, and this is we've seen this as a trend now. You know, three of the past four games, this run defense, which had been the Achilles heel because of their propensity to give up home run type plays, has really tightened up. Um, that's been that's been the big thing. You know, this defense was actually playing at a pretty decent level, but if, when you give up two fifty plus yard rushes a, a game on average, uh, it doesn't really matter what else. It doesn't really matter if you're playing well ninety five percent of the time. And this past defense had been good too. I think it's important to note. They've been defending the pass well, but they hadn't really had gotten the lean on that strength of theirs because the run defense wasn't getting the job done. And I think part of it is, you know, I think, one, you're seeing linebackers. I think that Marshall game is a hinge point when we look back on it defensively. Um, one, Darius Payne started playing a lot more defensive tackle, and I think that woke up that room a little bit. They were underperforming some. They've really picked up their play. And I think there was a, a reckoning with some of those guys of, hey, if I don't get it going here, I'm going to lose playing time in what might be my final season of college football. And so i got to kick, kick it in gear a little. 
Um, I think with some of the linebacks, same thing. I mean, you see George Balance um, coming in the game, a freshman walk-on. You know, you're, you know, you know, the, the coaching staff's kind of fed up and kind of frustrated with what they're seeing out there. And so, I think the run fits are better. Everything has been crisp. Um, everything's tightened up really well. Like I said, they're getting penetration. They're getting push on the on the defensive front. Um, that's been the big difference. Is you know the, those ten percent that were really really bad are no longer really really bad, and they're not even giving up chunk plays either. It's not like all right now it's instead of a fifty yards twenty yard play, which would be by the way a huge step forward. They're just outright shutting them down. I think Syracuse especially that was a statement of all right. Wake Forest Pitt not the best rushing attacks. Offenses that aren't great. I know Syracuse is has been struggling a ton, but Syracuse played them like Florida State and North Carolina played them in terms of the dominance of that game. Um, which, yes, Syracuse may may have not been the it might not be in the best shape, but that says a lot. And that's a rushing attack that knows what they're doing. LaQuinn Allen's a talented player. Garrett Schrader. I mean, we saw what he did two years ago in Lane Stadium. Um, Schrader knows how to run the football. I will say I don't know why they, they weren't more aggressive on the ground early. That made no sense to me. Um, that helped Tech, I think, a little with Syracuse's odd decision there. But I think one of the most notable things is both with the run defense and their pass rush. I mean, 15 sacks past two games. They have seven sacks more this season than they had all of last season already. Um, three of the first four first down plays for Syracuse in that game were negative plays. I think that says a lot right there about why this defense is improving. So let's pump the brakes just a little bit here. It's off to Louisville, so the the narrative is going to change about the opponent. Top 15 team on the road, and the odd, odds makers still have this, Tim, about 9.5 or 10-point game uh, for Louisville. What's the next step here for Virginia Tech as they challenge the Cardinals? I think you want to see them at least compete, compete again and hold their own, and I think part of it is you don't want to see the bad start like you did against Florida State. You know, you were encouraged. You know, I think Tech fans were rightly encouraged by what they saw, the, the fight back, that Tech then hung around for a little bit um, before Florida State pulled away in the, in the late third and early fourth thanks to some big trade bets and runs. But you want to see this Tech team come out fighting. You want to see, you know, slow starts have been a, kind of a problem for this Tech team. That wasn't the case against Syracuse. You want to see this team clicking and give themselves a chance. Now, I think anyone ex- who, who will be disappointed if Tech loses game to Louisville is out of their mind. I, I think the spread, by the way, was right initially when it was minus 12. I, I, minus nine and a half, I, you know, it, I think is I think there might be some people who make some money off that um, who bet on the Cardinals against the Hokies this week. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you want to see the fight. And if they pull the upset, um, that's this, this program I think is even farther along than we thought. Um, this team is farther along. But, you know, I think you want to see that fight, and you want to see a team that comes out and looks competitive and looks respectable for four quarters. Um, they pull the upset great. If not, then you want to go next week at Boston College and go on the road and get a big win and build from there uh, further. Because in some ways, like I said, if they, if they upset Louisville, this is a team that's now way ahead of schedule in terms of this rebuild under Brent Pry. Partly because of the schedule, we have to be honest, but partly because they've just coached this team up well. And got, they're getting the best now out of this team the past few weeks. At least they're starting to get the best out of this team. And we'll see what happens in Louisville. But I think you have to be careful to set, not set your expectations too high. Because remember, I mean, Syracuse, Wake, and Pitt are all 
in the bottom third of the ACC standings at the moment, and that's not yeah. by accident. Yeah, beyond that, even if you don't get Louisville, right, you, you get Boston College, <laughs> NC State, UVA, all winnable games would get you to seven yep. and would get you on a bowl trip somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, a bowl game would be, would be fantastic. I mean, I, I predicted five and seven before this season, Bob, and, you know, if you would have told me that um, they would go to a bowl game, I'd be ecstatic. Um, you know, I would have been ecstatic with the progress of this team. Five and seven, I would have been pleased with the trajectory. You think about Florida State and Norvell's second year, they were five and seven, and then they took off. So this has always been looking at the 2024 and 2025, but we're seeing the on-field signs now, the progress that you want to see if you're a Tech fan and you want to have confidence that this rebuild is headed on the right trajectory and a bowl game would be would be a tremendous achievement and a great sign that Brett Pry has this program in the right direction, especially after they started the season one and three. Yeah. Absolutely. Catching up with Tim Thomas, Tech Lunch Pail. You can follow them online and on Twitter as well. Um, the new ACC football scheduling model, Tim, uh, what do you make of that? I feel like uh, most people are fairly okay with it, that they figured some things out with these West Coast teams, with some rivalries. You got Miami coming back. You protect UVA, of course. Um, what would you think when you saw that? Yeah, I mean, I will say Virginia Tech Miami back is great. Like, that is fantastic. That is a great – that is a wrong that has been righted. Um, good on the ACC on that. I mean, Bob, I think we all – I think many know, you and many others who follow the Tech Lunch or follow me on social media, know I, I hate these expansion moves happen in the first place. I think this was a, a forced move that was completely unnecessary. I'm not sure what really engaged the league, but uh, – it is what it is. I think if you make the best of it, it is a little disappointing when you think about it. Um, Tech will play Duke and Florida State as many times as they play SMU. They'll play Cal and Stanford more than they play Duke and Florida State over the next seven years. I mean, that's just that's just an absurd reality that we're living in. I mean, imagine telling someone that just a year ago that Virginia Tech from 2024 to 2030 would play Cal and Stanford more in the regular season as conference games mm-hmm. at Florida State <laughs> and Duke. I don't think anyone – I'm not going to mention Boston College. I think a lot of Tech fans don't mind seeing that only two times. But yeah. – um, and it's crazy thing about as well, North Carolina. Tech hasn't played North – didn't play North Carolina this year. They won't play them again until 2027 now. It was going to be next year. Now it's 2027. North Carolina. Um, so, it's a mixed bag. Um, obviously, you still get a lot of – you know, Clemson at home next year is still great. You know, that, that's still a nice game for Tech fans to have. And hope Miami back on the schedule is huge on a yearly basis. Um, so there are positives in this. But, I mean, this is the reality. Personally, I will say I would have liked to got an SMU maybe three times over one of the West Coast schools, personally. I think the Dallas barbecue part is the primary reason why. I, I wouldn't mind <laughs> if it was even one home, two away to SMU. There you go. <laughs> Dallas has got two airports. They got some great barbecue down there. I mean, SMU might be the best addition to the ACC purely on the barbecue front, adding Texas barbecue and to Virginia and Carolina barbecue. I mean, but it's a mixed bag. So yeah. you know, it is the reality we're in. Make the best of it. Um, it'll be fascinating to watch that Stanford game. And for any West Coast Hokie, you'll probably be able to get tickets for ten dollars because no one goes to Stanford games out there anyway. There you go. 
I should really end on that lighthearted note and the barbecue rivalry that is bubbling in the in the new look ACC. But give me a minute on, on tech hoops. Uh, Tim, pick kind of middle of the pack there in the ACC, open Monday night against uh, Coppin State at Castle, and then uh, you get that South Carolina game at, at the end of next week. Yeah, and that South Carolina game is going to be a first good test to see where this team is at. and That's a game you should win. Even without Rodney, even with Rodney Rice gone, which is obviously a major disappointment. There's no denying that. But this is yeah. still a team that has an, an NCAA tournament caliber roster. Um, Mike Young's going to have to get a little creative. I think he's going to have to use some bigger lineups. And that doesn't necessarily play in the Mike Young style of play, but backcourt depth now, you have Padula, Couture, Collins, and then it's two freshmen, Rex Steiner and Young, in terms of true guards. So you may have to play Makai Long or Tyler Nicholson at the three. This season, I think you're going to have to, or John Camden, you're going to have to play some of those guys more. You're going to have to play some bigger lineups and figure it out. Now, this is good where you have guys like Nickel who can stretch the floor and keep the spacing. That's going to be important for Tech to execute those lineups well. But there's some risks there um, to that. So it'll be interesting to see, of course. I think it's fascinating. You know, you could argue there's way, unsurprisingly, way more buzz around that women's team. You know, Final Four coming off that. There's no reason why with two All-Americans returning with the transfers they got, with the roster they have, um, no reason why they're not. you shouldn't consider them a national title contender. They absolutely no are a national title contender. And they, they're probably underrated nationally being seventh or eighth in the country going into the season. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to all of that. All of that, men's and women's, and the rest of this football season. That, as you said, unexpectedly there's some, there's some buzz uh, around these last four games of the, of the regular season. Tim, as always, appreciate it. Let's not make it so long between our next visits, and we'll look forward to catching up with you as football winds down and basketball gets going. Absolutely, Bob. Looking forward to it. Tim Thomas, Tech Lunch Pail. Check him out online, on Twitter, all of that for all things Hokies. One more segment to go for us. We'll wrap it up on a Tuesday on Halloween. The trick-or-treaters are out and about. Happy Halloween, if you care to celebrate, which most of us certainly do. Finish it up in a moment. 1061 ESPN. The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Some days. Hey, AJ, I had these uh, couple of texts as we finished up our Harden segments in the first hour. Texter said, you were hard on Harden, and rightfully so, Bob. Harden is a crybaby. How about that? I was I mean, right. He's all things. Everyone's correct. I think you were right. He is all things. He's he's different. He's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for Halloween. Someone could call him a Jewish man, and I'd be like, sure, yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's not go there. Oh, I'm just saying, like, he is all those things. It, he is the enigma, and, and everybody gets into these back and forth. So I'm like, why? He's all those things. I'm just glad he's on the West Coast at this point. Get him out of there. Uh, one more on the text line from yesterday, actually, and I'll get into more of this on Thursday. Again, uh, no show tomorrow. Uh, got a U of R event tomorrow, uh, basketball uh, preseason event over there on, on campus. So no show tomorrow, and then back um Thursday, when we'll have Sean Robertson, we'll be in studio. We got both coaches from Virginia Union and Virginia State will be on the air with us. They got their big game uh, at Hovey Stadium on Saturday afternoon. I know Sean will be front and center for that one as well. So the one last text, 
uh, we're talking some college hoops. Looks like UVA was snubbed in the preseason rankings again, even with new faces. Coach Tony Bennett has proven that he can be successful and still finish in the top of the ACC. How far do you think UVA goes this year? I think Bennett deserves more respect than being outside the top 25. So do I, Texter. Um, talk about more more about that on Thursday. They were picked number four in the ACC. Normally fourth in the ACC would get you in the top 25 to start the year, but it didn't for the Cavaliers. I don't know that Tony Bennett really cares too much about that right now when the season starts next Monday. All right, we got to end for the day. It was really a lot of fun talking all the trades, the commanders, the Harden deal, all of that. Tim Thomas talking some Virginia Tech stuff. Appreciate him coming by. AJ, as always, thanks for being our association expert. You and Bruce uh, carried us through those segments. Greatly appreciate it. Talk to you back here from the studio Thursday, 4 o'clock, Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. They'll be top 30. Invigorating design. Crap.